on this episode of Resi Week, what the Cyber Trust program means for integrators, how Josh AI is using generative intelligence, and recognizing your employees for their efforts. All that and more next on Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 390, R-E-S-B-E-C-T. Welcome to Resi Week, your weekly roundup of all the latest news and information on the residential side of the AV industry. I'm your host, Mitchell Tulin for avnation.tv. Obviously, I am not Matt, um, but that's okay because right, we don't know where Matt is right now, um, but we have enough footage of him saying pretty much everything and on a green screen that we're kind of working on a Matt GPT as we speak. In the meantime, I'm your Huckleberry, but thankfully for you, I have a whole host of guests that are much smarter than me and well ingrained into the AV industry, starting off with the CEO of Josh AI, Alex Capsalatro. Welcome to the show. Thanks. It's great to be here. Thank you for joining us. And also, we have the Chief Marketing Officer for CTI, and also a host of some AV Week, uh, AV WAC, um, my boss, so I can't actually probably <laughs> not be that uh, harsh. Tim Albright, thank you for joining us. You're welcome, Mitchell. Thank you, sir. This is uh, going to be a fun one. I can already tell, um, especially since we're starting with our first story from CE Pro. Uh, the Biden administration is launching a new cybersecurity certification and labeling program for smart home devices. Maybe this is why we don't have Matt on today, because we wanted to try and do our level best, keep this on the tech side. Uh, this is designed to help end users choose smart devices less vulnerable to cyber attacks. Uh, the program seeks to raise the bar for cybersecurity across different parts of the smart home space. Consumers will be able to see a little shield logo on products that will meet those standards. Some of the companies that are already on board are Amazon, Google, Logitech, and Samsung. So on one side, we're being recognized. Um, nothing says uh, being out there like federal uh, recognition, but it does present a kind of a challenge for integrators and manufacturers, pretty much the entire level. Um, so I'm going to start with you, Alex. As a manufacturer, what should you know about this program and will it have any effect on other manufacturers on how they design products and solutions for the smart home? Yeah, it, it's a great question and it's still early, so I am by no means an expert on the topic. That being said, from what I've seen, it's not a mandatory requirement. It's really an optional badge to put on products if you want. And if you want, you have to jump through the hoops and make sure you qualify. It's very similar to Energy Star for those in the US. It's an energy rating that products can put on their packaging. And the thing about Energy Star, it only really matters if you're a consumer product that people are buying off shelves. It's not really something that people are seeing online, you know, certainly not something if it's a professionally installed product. And so similarly, I think this will impact products like Sonos and Roku and you know, Sony TVs that you might go down to a Best Buy store and see in person. But for most of our industry, I don't think a lot of manufacturers are really going to pay that much attention. I know for us, the first question was, do we have to do this or is it optional? And the fact that it's optional, we're going to make sure we're following the best security standards we can, but I don't know if we're going to go out of our way just to qualify for the badge. Tim, uh, same kind of question. Um, you, CTI is an integrator, but it's very yep. commercial and 
the commercial side is a lot more stri uh, stringent on those kind of rules. Um, especially we have a mutual friend, Don Mead, who works in redacted government sector. She definitely has to imagine this. Um, but for an integrator in a residential home, this is not quite the same issue, but it's still something that is this will, is this something that will still come up um, when dealing with a customer or if they are like an HOA, if they need to have a product that has the shield. So that that's where I went with this, right? Is and and I, I do not live in an HOA, uh, and one of my favorite things to read online are the HOA horror stories. So I will say that going going into this, um, I can see an HOA putting this into their into their bylaws, right? Um, where if you have a network, and we all do, right? Then you have to the the products that you put into your home and on your network has to have this little shield because that's something that they can regulate, right? That's something that that they can say, oh, you're you're putting the rest of us at risk. Not really, but I, I can see where they would go with this. Where else I would I would go is this is also going to be potentially pulled by the customer, by the end user, the the, the homeowners where Alex is right that the government's not going to make you do this you know right now this is this is voluntary but it may come down you know both on the uh the residential side um from integrators as well as as just big box stores and online retailers where anywhere a customer is getting their their gear this may depending on how well the administration markets this this may become a badge of honor where oh do you have this little shield? Are you are you protected? Where at that point, people like Matt and and, and you know uh, Todd Puma and and you know our, our other friends in the industry will have to explain to the the client, yes, your system's secure, even though it doesn't have this badge. Where it might become easier just to say, you know what, everything I have has the badge and it's and it's fine. In a in a similar vein um, to that. Alex, you're on the um, Governance and Bylaws Committee uh, for for Cedia. This is that's usually kind of more on a local level thing. So, um, but are they even? Is this even something that Cedia needs to be worried about? Since it is uh, voluntary, um, is this something that that they should that we need to think about on that uh, level? I think CDA's role is definitely to understand what's going on, to probably put out some white papers, make sure the community is getting educated. But my my sense on it is this is not going to be all that relevant. And I, I hate to draw an analogy to something that people might actually be excited about, but to me, it's not too dissimilar from Matter. Matter is a protocol that I'm not super bullish about. A lot of companies I know are not super bullish about. In a couple of years, it might take off and it might become something that people really need to care about. It's too early. I think this is the exact same thing. Let's keep tabs on it. Let's see where it's going. Let's be aware of it. But I don't think it's going to impact our day to day for at least a couple of years. Would you say that in a couple of years, it might matter, Alex? <laughs> oh, oh. But no, Come no. on. <laughs> it's definitely an interesting um, thing to pay attention to, at least as we, as we, cause it's still too early to say what, what's yeah. going to happen to this. I, I will say just, just to add on that, the security side, isn't really anything new. We've had to worry about cyber attacks and security for literally decades at this point. The thing that is not uh, new, and I know that we have some other stories we're going to get to about this 
is more on the AI front. I think the only way to protect uh, customers and, and people from potential AI attacks is going to be through government regulation. And quite frankly, I think the government's not doing enough in that regard. I think there's a lot around AI that we need to be very worried about, very aware of. And this is the one case I, I usually don't want the government telling us what to do. But in this case, I think the only way to prevent bad deep fakes and AI attacks will be through some form of government regulation. Well, and, and to play all that a little bit, Alex, and, and mentioned, I, I wanted to get you to that AI story, but I would also say in the residential side, that part of the AV industry is actually better prepared for a lot of these network level attacks. And the reason I say that is not to discount or, you know, throw stones at, at the commercial side, but the, but the residential side, that group of, of, of men and women who live inside folks' houses every single day, they build the network from the ground up, right? That a lot of times they are the network admin. They are the ones installing the network. They're the ones responsible for it. They're the ones responsible for the security of it. Whereas on the commercial side, nine times out of 10, if you're on a corporate, uh, a corporate client's network, you're being you're being given a, a, a VLAN, right? This is your lane to, to sit in. And if you're not, yes, you're, you're rolling up your own network, but it's a it's a it's a single purpose network. And that's to deliver AV, maybe control. You're not you, you, you don't have you, you don't have access to the rest of the network by design. Right. So the, the residential side folks are, are, are their their chops when it comes to network security is is years ahead of the vast majority of, of the commercial side of the AV space. Very good. And this does end up uh, segueing nicely into our second story from Residential Tech Today. Josh GPT as a generative AI assistant to smart home platform. Josh AI, um, it's a voice controlled thing. You might have heard of it before. Um, they are now using artificial intelligence in the home with custom integration capabilities alongside a generative assistant to answer questions on any topic. Full transparency here. I was going to choose this story uh, regardless if we had Alex on or not. So it's just kind of good fortune that you're here today. Um, so I'll start with you. We have had voice assistants in the past um, in any thing, but to be honest, they're kind of dumb. Uh, I personally, I set up a Google for my parents and my mom is convinced that it, that it hates her because it doesn't want to work with her. Um, is, what is the value of a generative AI platform to voice assistants? Yeah, it's a great question. And um, I'll just kind of speak to what we're doing at Josh, because I think, you know, broadly speaking, there are different ways that different entities might take advantage of this. For us at Josh, we spent years being very narrowly focused. We wanted to make sure that when you set to turn on the lights, the lights turned on. When you wanted to play music, the music worked. When you wanted to adjust the thermostat, you know, the thermostat would, would adjust. But because of that, it meant we weren't able to answer any question about, you know, who won the 5K marathon race in 2060 or 1962 or whatever it happens to be. And those are really difficult questions to answer because there's so many different permutations. There's so many different ways that someone can really want to dive in, you know, even for a movie, for example, tell me about the movie. Who are the actors? What other movies was that actress in? Where was she born? How tall is she? What are her favorite foods? It goes on and on. 
And the great thing about the great thing about large language models, which power GPT technology, is you can now get access to any possible question you can conceive of. And so any who is, what is, where is, how far is, how big is type question, they're immediately available. And so instead of just using these, these voice assistants for controlling devices, people are now using this to really augment their life in their home. So getting help with cooking, health-related questions, helping their kids with learning, learning new languages, asking about travel, asking about trivia, asking about, I mean, all different topics, artwork. It's just so expansive. And so what we're pretty excited about is this is really taking what we as an industry do up from simply controlling, and I don't mean simple as in it's easy, but you know the, the fact of what we've done to date has been control in many aspects. We're now making a true assistant where our homeowners are able to live in a way that they can get access to information that's immediately beneficial and immediately helpful. The other thing that's really interesting about generative AI, that word generative is basically the, 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 the reality that the responses aren't canned. Every time you ask for a question, you don't get the same exact response. Well, you can start to tailor responses. So for example, instead of just tell me about quantum mechanics, you can say, tell me about quantum mechanics to a six-year-old, you know, explain it simply, or explain it to someone who might have a college degree, or explain it to, you know, my mother who doesn't know anything about science. And so you can start to tailor it in very personal ways. And it's early days right now, but what this means is we're working towards a direction where, depending on who asked the question or where they asked that question, they might get a tailored response that's very custom. So instead of your mother who dislike or who thinks Google dislikes her, she might start getting very custom responses where she feels like the system gets her. It speaks at her level. It speaks at, you know, in the language that she understands. And that's really transformative. That's very good. Uh, Tim, AI is, AI is coming up everywhere. Um, we've heard about it in the commercial side. Um, we've talked about it on state of control. Where does AI fit in the home? You can, you can say that it, it belongs everywhere, but where does it, where, where does it make a difference? Oh, that that's a loaded question. Um, the first thing I thought of when I read this when I read this story, and and even more so now that Josh that Alex is is explaining it, uh, there's an old SNL skit called uh, Alexa Silver, mm-hmm. and um, it is one of my favorite SNL skits of probably the last twenty years. And it, it's where the the the, care, the 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 castmates are are dressed up as old people, and and they call Alexa everything under the sun. And they, you know, they say this or that and the other, and and Alexa responds to them correctly. That's where I see this ultimately. Not not necessarily for old people, but it, it is people like, you know, um, there's another one. Uh, there's a, a, a Scottish. Uh, one talking about uh, how Scottish people are hard to understand for, for voice assistance. Um, I still recall uh, one of the first um, years that the the Alexa system was shown off at, at Cedia. And this was a first generation, so don't don't throw stones at me because I do I do love my voice assistants. Um, and it was a young man there from the UK and the Alexa system had a difficult time understanding and responding to that gentleman 
he was speaking English. He was speaking the, the Queen's English, in fact, um, but was having a, you know, it, it was not responding to him properly. So that's really where I see it is, is you're expanding it and you're making it um, available to other folks, to, to everybody besides North American or even just big, dumb Americans that, you know, from the Midwest, because, you know, supposedly we have the, the least amount of, of accents. I don't believe that. I think we still have an accent. Um, but I don't sound like, you know, my, my lovely family from, from the Ozarks, you know, I don't have a, a Southern twang or I don't, you know, I don't have a Boston accent or, or what have you. That is where AI is really going to allow things like Josh AI to expand their market and to become more useful. Um, in addition to everything else that Josh was saying, that Alice was saying, I always, I have, I've known you for like eight years and I still want to call you Josh. Good Lord. It's no problem. I don't mind it. Mainly because the first time I met you, it was with Richie Fergoza and he was geeking out. It was the first time you guys showed it at Cedia. You had a table and like the thing and, and Richie is like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing in the world. Um, you're able to custom responses. You're able to customize the experience and not for nothing, but the residential market is all about custom integration right and you're able to customize not just for a family but for individual members of that family we can talk about the evils and we can talk about you know how 2000 or, or evil you know haunted houses or whatever but that's the that's the beauty of this uh, of this technology and the promise of it yes there have to be safeguards in place and we can we can talk about you know some things that the that the government should probably do to, to put some things in place but there is a promise here that if we're not careful, some of those safeguards may, you know, constrain um, the possibilities that that you know is is available right now. Yeah, very good. And I I agree with that. And I think that part of it is the same thing as that it sometimes it not just seamless. I wouldn't say, but a second thought. There's you know certain thing um, solutions or um, products that are in your house just kind of happen without a second thought. You, you yeah. know, as easy as it is, you say you turn on the lights when you start doing the, we put in smart lights everywhere and it is fun when you can say, Hey, turn on the lights or turn off the lights when it doesn't work, then it gets frustrating. I think part of AI might help that it will smooth out those interactions, um, where it wants to know, we always talk about human-centric lighting and circadian rhythm and we've i've actually tried to set up a similar situation on that on one of my rooms of having it dim when it's like this time and then it turns blue and then it wakes up and in the morning it's sunrise kind of thing but with an ai you can just do that you can just say hey i live here you know when the sun rises and sets yep let's just get that going um so i think there's a lot of potential and speaking of potential, um, Cedia Expo, which is barely two months away, and I'm uh, hesitating even just to think about that, uh, is has a Cedia AI symposium offering the state of artificial intelligence during the show. Um, Alex brought this up to us, and I will put a link to this in the in the show notes that you can uh, jump in, but. 
Alex, go ahead and uh, explain what it does this. What is this about um, for those who are going to see uh, or are interested in the AI conversation? Yeah, so I'm really excited about this. Tom Doherty came to CD and said, you know, there's a lot going on with AI. What can we do to help really, you know, carry a conversation? And Cedia, in conjunction with the buying groups, put together what they're calling the Cedia AI Symposium. And this is going to be on September 6th. I think it's the day before Expo, right in Denver. And this symposium is going to feature various speakers talking about what they're doing with AI in the home, how it's relevant to our industry. I'll be giving the keynote to kick it off. But it is a smaller venue, so it's not going to be open to everyone. Um, and so at the bottom of the article, if you click through, it shows... If you're interested in attending, if you're interested in AI, um, you know, in your business or in the space, just send an email to AI at cedia.org. And I think that's the way to basically put your name in to try to attend. I'd love to see as many people there as possible. It is going to be sold out, but definitely try to get there if you're interested. I think it's just good that we're having these conversations. And more than just the speakers, I'm excited to hear the questions that come up, the concerns that come up. What are the things that are keeping people up at night? Because... I think we all know that, you know, from the manufacturer side, we build stuff sometimes in a vacuum, but then when we see how people are actually using it or what they're looking for, it's pretty amazing the ideas that people come up with. Yeah, that's really great. And if you are going to Denver uh, sometime in September, be on the lookout for one Tim Albright. Uh, he's there as an influencer. Yeah, that that's going to be interesting. <laughs> I'm definitely looking forward to um, that uh, our final story is from Residential Systems. Once again, Henry Clifford, he knows how to write a story and at least hit a headline that makes me the guy who gathers the story say, oh, I want to check this out. Uh, is recognition cultural rocket fuel? He uh, has a little anecdote talking about uh, recognition to improve your company's work culture. Um, he has a conversation with those one of his employees um, and the impact of being recognized for the work being done. Um, it's an interesting field. Um, speaking personally, I am the kind of person that doesn't like being recognized. I usually like to sit in the background and look how well that's uh, helped me now. Um, but even so I, I do, I do see some of the important um, notes of this, of what, Henry is trying to say. Um, however, he also says that he likes to walk around the business um, and see what the people are doing to recognize it. That's kind of difficult in a situation, say, remote working, uh, where you aren't able to see that. Um, Tim, I'll start with you. How do you how how do you recognize talent uh, that you can't see? I don't really know how to phrase it right. So I, I would like to take this opportunity to recognize you, Mitchell. Oh, no. And, <laughs> this is all getting cut. And to tell everybody how incredible of a job that you do. Um, and I'm doing this for two reasons. Number one, you do really do an incredible job. Number two, uh, to make you incredibly uncomfortable. And number three, to illustrate this point. You, you do it on purpose, right? Um and and Alex has a bigger team than 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 we do at, at CTI, but but it is something where you have to be purposeful about highlighting people, and it can't always be after you know an all nighter, you know, throw the pizza and on on the conference room table and everybody pulls together. It, it has to be in, in other areas as well. 
right? Um, I, I try to illustrate people's strengths and highlight their strengths and highlight their contributions to the team and to the organization. Um, it's incredibly important. We all want to feel like our our work matters, right? That our that what we're doing is is something more than just punching a time clock and 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 going home. There are certainly people like that, right? And 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 God bless them because they have to, you know, they're they're what makes some of the world go around as well. But in 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 AV generically, there's a lot of creatives. Um, and there's a lot of, of folks that pour their hearts and souls into this work and they want to be recognized. They want to know that this matters. And, and to the question about the remote part, um, at CTI, we have the marketing department, which is what I, I, I had. We have, um, let's say, 12 people on our team. And I think that, that's, that's accurate. I mean, we might, it might be plus or minus one half of them are what I would consider remote uh, from our, our corporate office in St. Louis. Uh, Mitchell is one of those. And so some of that, um, some of that, rec- that walking around is checking in with them again on purpose. Um, we, we have a young man who is in Detroit, Michigan, and I'm in St. Louis. He, he's in Detroit. I have to make a point to connect with, with Julian and just to just see how he's doing, right? Um, you know, we have folks that are in um, that are in um, uh, Arkansas, right? That are, are not in our, our corporate backyard. And so, again, it's the same kind of answer. You have to do it on purpose. It can't just be oh, willy nilly. It can't just be fly by the city of your pants. You have to do it on purpose and look for for those opportunities, not only to recognize but also to to kind of check in and, and virtually quote unquote, walk around. Oh, very good. And I, I want to say I was not fishing for a response. I know, I know you weren't, which is what made it so good. Alex, uh, same kind of question and a similar vein. How do you do that on an organic level? Um, because you obviously, um, you want to give people the credit that where credits do. Um, but sometimes it feels like you're just kind of handing out awards to say, here's the thing. And I'm not trying to be a participation trophy kind of thing, but how do you do that in a way that is meaningful um, for your, for your company? I don't know if I do it the best, um, but I'll explain what I do and maybe it inspires someone. We have a weekly hands-on call where everyone remote, you know, or in the office calls in and on that call, we give an update on what are the big things happening in the company? What do people need to know about? And I try to just, mention, you know, publicly in front of everyone, different folks that are going above and beyond or different things that are happening that they deserve recognition for. I will say it has bitten me before where people who don't get recognized, I've heard sort of, you know, through other people that they'll sometimes feel like they were, you know, ignored or left out. And there are cases where I didn't even know that person did the thing that they wanted to be recognized for. So I really try to put a little bit of the onus on my team to say, you know, we have managers, you manage, you know, people that are in your teams, you need to let me know when something's going on so that I can make a comment or you need to make, you know, make a mention as well, because I can't know everything that's happening amongst all the employees. Um, But I will say when you recognize people, it certainly is helpful when you do it in a public fashion, you know, public amongst the company. I think it's more meaningful than when it's done in private. But you have to be very mindful that when you don't recognize someone, 
they're going to feel a little bit left out. All right. That will take us to the end here. Thank you guys so much for joining me. It's been an interesting one to be sure. Um, I'm, we miss you, Matt, because I don't have to be. No, we don't. Alex and I got this. No, we don't. But we have to say we miss him. Oh, we, can't... Sorry. we recognize you, Matt. And we we'll cut out that you. last part. It'll be fine. Uh, thank you so much, Alex, for joining us. How can we uh, find you or Josh AI? Yeah, great to be here. Um, website's josh.ai. My email's right there, and you can always reach out directly. All right. Thank you so much. Tim, how do we not find you on, I'm still going to call it Twitter, uh, um, because normally you try to not, and I don't know if the bears are even uh, ready yet. Or I guess, how do we find, I don't know, CTI? That would probably be a good idea. There we go. Let's go to CTI.com. Uh, that's how you can find me. Uh, don't follow me on X or the Twitters or anything else, um, but go by there and, and go by here. And the bears are ready. Are you kidding me? I don't, I don't know anything about football, so. Um, yeah, uh, for me, do not, I would also say, don't follow me on Twitter. I, I barely post anyways. Um, and the things that I'm writing are less about AV, more fantasy stuff and longer, not enough to be put into a tweet or an X, whatever you want to call those things. Uh, instead I would say go to avnation.tv, um, check out all of our shows, uh, stuff like a state of control on the control system side, AV week for the commercial side of the industry, our women in AV podcast. And possibly, and by possibly, I mean very possibly, a reboot of our series, Architect. Architect. No, Architect. It's very intentional because it is technology and architecture um, with one Brian Heidegerkin. Uh, so look forward to that coming very soon. Also, while you're there, check out our underwriters. They're the people that get us um, two places like CD Expo, uh, and we're very thankful for what they do. Also, they, they pay us. So like, I'm, I'm very happy for that. Uh, so all of that and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. Thank you so much. This is all the time we have for Resi Week. Resi Week.